All right, boss, we're rolling. Um, okay, mate, I think we should uh, start from the beginning, I guess. So, like, you've uh, been in the whole fitness scene for, seems like, forever. And it seems like you've done everything. Um, so give them a little lowdown, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, I've my life story is a bit of a wild one and certainly unique. Um, but but when it, when it comes to the fitness industry specifically, I, you know, I, I was a lifelong athlete. I wanted to play professional football as a goal. And so I'd been in the gym since the time I was 15 years old, uh, mainly with the foresight of I knew I needed to be as big and as strong and as fast as I could in order to give myself a chance to play uh, for a division one scholarship coming out of high school, um, you know, to get my college paid for. And that was my first goal. And then of course, then I wanted to play at the next level. Um, but I was fortunate enough to get that division one scholarship um, in which uh, lo and behold, I had some wisdom uh, in the back of my mind creeping in every now and again that, that told me I should, just in case the NFL doesn't work out, uh, study something that keeps me connected to athletes the rest of my life. And so, you know, I studied kinesiology, you know, the study of human movement um, at, at the university I attended. It was called human performance. Um, and so, you know, from the time, honestly, I got about a semester and a half deep into uh, the, the curriculum. Clearly, I was hooked. I loved it. I got myself connected with uh, some great local strength conditioning coaches. And, you know, I got my first gig at 19 and, and been coaching performance, either speed, agility, performance, strength conditioning, power development, that kind of stuff uh, from that time on. Um, and then, uh, you know, I ended, long story short, I did make it to the NFL at the conclusion of my college career, but I played two years of arena football. That during that time is when I was first exposed to CrossFit. And I was exposed to CrossFit because at that time I was playing football, but also I was teaching. Uh, I was an adjunct instructor at the university that I graduated from, uh, teaching some some classes for uh, the CSCS certificate. If you if you guys know what that is, it's called the I think I'm trying to remember what it is. Certified Strength Conditioning Coach, you know, is is what all it is basically. It gives people that opportunity to become one. So I was teaching a course for that and doing some fitness instructing as well. But every year I got continued education credits. And so CrossFit was trending at the time. And I used the credits that they provided me to go to my level one for free uh, at the end of 2010. Wow. From that time, I got that two-day seminar uh, to, to stack that on top of my background in strength conditioning. And I was pretty hooked. You know, it was at a time where a lot of people were bad in the sport of fitness. Um, they didn't really understand what it was because they didn't have the chance to have that two-day course. They only saw it from the outside in, you know, the bad movement or the fail videos or the what have you. And so because I got that inside outlook, man, you know, it, uh, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. I wanted to compete in the sport. That was my initial desire. I was like, ah, I, I can do it. It was the year Graham Holmberg one was 2010. And before Rich kind of took over his, his reign as champ. And I was like, Oh, I could do what that guy did. I'm going to sign up and go do that thing. So, you know, I started in 2011, um, missed, missed the games by a spot. I finished sixth at a regional where they were taking five, um, in the Southwest, my first year that told me I had definitely had some chance and potential, but it made me hungry. I went on to connect with Tommy Hackenbrook at U CrossFit, where we'd go on to win an affiliate cup two years back to back 2012 and 2013. And then I, I went on an individual pursuit for a few years, uh, where I was fortunate enough to punch my ticket in 2015. Um, I finished 21st in the world that year. It was an awesome experience, not the way I wanted to go, but it was great. Nonetheless, one of those achievements that, uh, that I had been shooting for really since 2011. So that four to five year period, it was constantly building and to have that, I was, I was grateful. 
Um, and then I, I started putting together our team that pieced together for the 2017 games um, where, you know, off the blueprint that I learned from Tommy and what we did at Ute, I just saw that, that we had to have some really hard workers and people that were all in and committed, of course, talented athletes. And uh, we were able to win the CrossFit Games again in 2017 uh, with the Wasatch Brutes. Um, oh. And then that kind of that kind of brings us here with my journey through CrossFit, at least. Mm. So what was it like coming from, obviously, a team-based sport with football going into um, the individual side? Like, did you prefer the team-based uh, CrossFit stuff or did you, did you like the uh, individual? That's a great question. I, I really thrived in the individual side. And the reason is because through my years of football, while I love the team aspect and I still do, it's still my preference. Um, I needed that time where I could just rely on me. You know, I could rely on my own hard work and my work ethic, my discipline, because those are traits that have actually set me apart in the past. Like even when it comes to my teammates themselves, I've always got, I was very fortunate throughout my career to be recognized as some kind of a leader, right? Either, you know, team captain for two years in college, team captain in high school, like these kind of things. I didn't necessarily want them all the time, but um, I think a lot of my discipline and hard work are what people saw in me that maybe be them just be like, okay, AC can handle this or Adrian can be that guy and we'll kind of follow in his, his footsteps. But at college, it's kind of hard because, you know, to be quite honest with you, um, if, if you guys are listening to this and don't know what college sports are like, you get such a wide range of ability, right? Which means there are guys that walk in that door, could have never played the sport you're playing and you could have played all your life and they'll still own you at it, right? Like there are humans that walk the face of the earth that are so tremendously physically gifted they can do whatever they want and find a way to win if there's always a combination of both but i'm thinking and because some of my college teammates didn't always do that or some of my teammates when i was playing even uh, you know professionally quote unquote arena football um it was always very frustrating for me to see people with more talent than me then it didn't work as hard as me and it, and, it, and it really bothered me. So to step in and get a chance to do the opposite with CrossFit as an individual, it's like, oh, yeah, give me all of this, man. If it's on me and then I win or lose based on me, I'll take it. Mm. Yeah, I completely understand that. Um, but like from a from an outsider looking into the sport of American football, right? It looks like, yeah, yeah granted, it's, a, it's, it's clearly a team-based sport. However, you see like the drafts and all these things and it's just like, wow, like, there's such a, a high degree of element with uh, of the individual side. It's like if you're not in tip top shape, like everything else is just going to crumble and you're going to be pull, pull, plucked out and someone else is going to come into your spot. Like, for example, I played rugby, right? And yeah, granted, if you're not in tip top shape, 14 other fellas on the pitch are going to end up uh, being hindered by it. But at the end of the day, you can kind of like, you know, pull up your boots and just get by. But it seems like in American football, like the athleticism of these athletes are just next level. No, it's right. It's right. It really is. And and even a guy like me, it's like, you know, um, I, I do have some, you know, thank God I, I got some great parents. So they passed on to me some, some wonderful genetics. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was limited even with those genetics and my hard work and commitment where like some guys, again, didn't have to work as hard and they were still you know, two tenths of a faster second or uh, two tenths of a second faster than me in the 40 and four inches higher than me on the vertical. And, you know, there was nothing, nothing that I could do to change that. So it was either through my wit or my ability to study and become more of a mental, you know, uh, student of the game 
mm -hmm. uh, which of course was something I recognized. And, and at some point in the journey for me, I recognized that I needed to find details in the game that they didn't yet understand or, or weren't paying attention to and use those to my advantage. So, um, and it's the same thing with CrossFit, man. It's the same thing. And as the sport goes with CrossFit, it's, it's kind of a, another acknowledgement uh, to a growing sport is that, you know, if you guys, if, 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 as a group, we all look back on 2008, 2009, 2010, and we continue to go through even Rich's dominance then and into Matt Frazier's dominance, you see the field behind them is changing tremendously in regards to age, in regards to what their maxes are. It's like the field is getting fitter. Um, and now I think what we'll start to see is a lot of these guys that were teens at the games two to three years ago that are now 21, 22, and they're coming up in that age group and getting physically stronger you know, we're going to see some real raw talent that uh, that is going to get to be, you know, running that games floor instead of just like hard workers. You know, for many years, I feel like the, those of us that made it to the games, man, I'm a grinder. I'm a hard worker. So it's like, cool. I'll just try to outwork everybody. Maybe that'll get me there. And it's a little different now in today's game. Yeah, it's crazy being able to pair those two together, right? You get that, you know, quote unquote genetic freak and you pair them with like 15 years of weight training by the age of 25, and they're just like, what the hell? What numbers are they coming out with? Like, it's absolutely crazy. It is. It's, it's phenomenal. Like some of the stuff they um, they end up putting up in um, in the teens division when they're, you know, 15, 16, a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, like 14-year-old ladies just throwing up people's max deadlifts in a jerk. You're just like, this is this is crazy, man. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's literally mind-blowing and, a lot of it too, from a coaching perspective is of course they've got some speed and they got some power, right? Like we're starting to see guys that, you know, could be traditional sport, uh, excel at traditional sports like football and American basketball and these kind of things. Um, and they're choosing CrossFit instead. So of course now we got the talent pool, but it's really the quality of their movement because like you mentioned, 10 years, 15 years of lifting experience by the time you're 25, whew, you're not just out there hoping the bar gets over your head, right? You've done the 10,000 reps. You've done the work in the hour. So with that combination, and hopefully you've got a good leader as a coach that understands some periodization, keeping your body fresh. Hopefully by the time you're 23 and 24, you're not feeling overrun or, you know, um, burnt out per se, because that happens to lots of young people that find it early, right? Uh, and if that's the case, wow, yeah, we're going to see some. <laughs> we already do see some, but we're going to continue to see some amazing things. I mean, Haley Adams is a great example, right? She competed in the uh, in the regionals and then also the the youth in the same year. And it's just like, what? Like you're up against fully grown ladies and kicking their ass. I still I still feel that way about Haley when I watch her go. You know what I mean? Even at the games this year, it's like for her to be a top five athlete, it just it it blows my mind. You know, I got to meet her in 2017. Uh, she became a brute strength athlete, which is the, the company that I've worked for for many years uh, in 2017. So the year that she got second, she got second at the games her first time. Hmm. And then she started working with brute. And I met her at a Reebok photo shoot the year after we won the games in 2017. And we spent the weekend together kind of doing the shoot. And uh, man, I, I saw something in her from a mental standpoint, physical, of course, she's gifted. She works hard, but yeah. mentally she was extremely mature and she just had like this killer instinct. But it's amazing to look at even someone that has a frame like her. We would consider her like wiry, right? Like she's long framed, good runner, great power movement. She can power clean and power snatch well. But then like you get her in squat movements or like raw strength. And it's like, that's a challenge for her. And for her to be so fit still 
And of course she's getting stronger. And now she's down in Cookville with the, with the champ and everybody else getting, getting fitter by the, by the day. Um, it's, it's just amazing to see like what diligence and hard work can do for someone, especially when they, when they execute it with discipline. Oh yeah, mate. Like I think, um, I, what's the whole quote hard work beats talent when talent stops working hard like you can't do anything about yeah. it if you get someone who is just gifted like god-given um, ability and then works hard with it you can't do anything about that but the second they come off their game that's it you're in and that just that just takes the discipline to just keep going and, and always grinding Absolutely. yeah mate. i think uh, i think you'll see her on the top I agree. I, I completely agree. We just got to, I'm hoping that, that she continues to work very wisely um, and, and understands that it's like a, there's a bit of a trajectory, right? Like with, Hey, take your time. It takes time. Um, because again, like one of the things is just keeping that body healthy. We keep that body healthy. She'll be good to go. Mm. So how'd you go about um, coaching those athletes that are coming up through the youth um, that are a little bit more talented than other people? Um, how would you end up keeping them like, hey, this is a long road. Don't put all your chips in one basket. Calm down and um, like sort of play the field, play it out. Yeah, it's a lot of hard conversations, right? Mm. And first and foremost, what I'll share is that like we've got athletes through the Brute Strength uh, training program where it's like they're working with one-on-one -on -one coaches specifically. So while I oversee a lot of our group training and, and our strength conditioning in regards to prepping our groups, our master's group, our compete group, our games prep group for the season of competition and the way that schedule periodizes and kind of peaks them. We've got, you know, uh, Nick Fowler as a one-on-one -on -one coach. We've got a great coach in Matt Torres. Um, and, and, and I mentioned those two specifically because I know they've worked specifically with Haley or with Dallin Pepper. Um, and so th the basis though of like helping them understand is one of the bigger challenges because when you're young, you're healthy, your joints feel good. Contractions don't take as much of a toll on you as they do a 35 year old. Right. And I can now even compare myself to the 25 year old. I was when I found the sport of fitness versus the 35 year old I am now and, and feel the difference and understand that those teens don't got that bro. And they are just chomping at the bit. They see people in the gym for four hours a day. They're like, well, I'm going to do five. They see people doing 100 pull-ups in a session. They're like, well, I'm going to do 125, you know, and, and, and it's wonderful to be able to lead someone that way. In fact, as a one-on-one -on -one coach for me now, you know, I work with master's athletes. Clearly, as I'm aging up, a lot of master's athletes look at me and say like, okay, see, like you've been through this transition. Help me a bit. Guide me. Because people that want to be great at the sport are drawn to the hard work aspect. But what they're not drawn to is, okay, here's what we got to do mobility-wise. Listen, I don't care what you say. We're resting today. Listen, I don't care what you say. This is a deload week, you know, and, and it's about as a coach and a leader, I think it's really fostering that kind of environment. Of course, they have to trust you first. And if they trust you and you have that candor back and forth, then you'll have the ability to lead them into the right decisions. Um, but to be honest with you, brother, it's all about like if you if you find those athletes, which not everybody's this way, but if you find those athletes that are so hungry for greatness, it's really your job to kind of keep them on the leash. Yeah. You know, all yeah. year it's like, keep them on the leash, keep them on the leash. Okay. The open's coming. I'll give him just a little bit more leeway so that he's mentally, she's mentally confident so that we can get after it. And then, you know, 
we're going to tighten that leash back down quite a bit. They can get ready for the quarterfinals or the semifinals. Just get to play, right? Like they've, they've been waiting all year for this opportunity. And hopefully that programming that you develop dials them in so right that mentally now they're free and they're just going to go show the fitness they've built. And then, you know, if they qualify, if you're fortunate enough to punch that ticket, get them back on the leash for a little bit, keep it tight so they stay healthy. Because from semifinals to the games, really, do you get fitter? Maybe a little. But really, all you want to do is just show up. If you can show up 99% out of 100, you're going to crush it compared to most athletes that show up like 85 out of 100 because they're, they're beat up, they're run down. So to me, that's how I foster it. And that's a conversation that I have with myself. And then that's how I try to communicate it to the athletes. Mm, overpeaking is, is such a fucking bar lake. Like the amount of people that are just like, all right, uh, I'm just going to work harder than everyone else because this is all I've done. I'm like, yes, but you were able to do that at 13, 14, 15, 16, blah, 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 blah. But now we're getting into the little intricacies of the top 5%, top 2%, top 1%. Like, let's calm down. You know, you can't, you can't go balls to the wall every time you set foot in the gym. Like, you're going to have a great season and then that's it. You, you know, you're going to be scratched off the history list. Let's calm down. Let's let's rein you back. Like, keep it on the leash, like you said. Like, that is, I think that's the hardest part of having a talented athlete, of having those conversations and being like, look, buy in and right now, be on the short term, calm down, rein it in. They're like, what? What do you mean? Like, I want to go. I'm like, you're going to win like a, a class whiteboard workout. That doesn't matter. Like let's 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 wait until the big stage and then you can do whatever the hell you want. One hundred percent. I completely agree, man. And yeah, it's it is difficult. It certainly is. It's uh it's really where the art of coaching comes in, right? The leading other humans and being able to com com uh, not compute but to uh, communicate to them uh, those those hard instances and hard conversations because they're hard to have with people that are that are driven. So I, I completely agree. It's much more than numbers, man. It's a mentality and it's a mindset. For sure. And um, I think if you just show uh, show someone that you care about them, like your whole goal is to just care about this individual, they end up buying into you. And whatever you need to do to then prove that, then, you know, it depends on the individual, but it just comes back to caring, man. Um, so a question I want to ask you, though, is um, I'm absolutely fascinated by people's answer is what does leadership mean to you? Hmm. This, is, this is a great question because it's it's boy, this is loaded. This yeah. is a loaded one. <laughs> Could go a lot of directions with this. So let, let me let me say, um, as I think about it here for a minute. Um, yeah, leadership is a lot of things. And I think the role for me as a leader has evolved tremendously. But as I think back on my life, I think back to um, in high school, which was part of my earliest, uh, maybe junior high, junior high, my part of my earliest leadership experiences where I was actually appointed a leader, like told, okay, hey, listen, this is either your team or this is your unit. Like this is your responsibility. Um, to think back to then and then to also think, forward a bit in my life only to about seven or eight years ago uh, where I got to participate in what is called seal fit or Kokoro camp 26. Uh, it was the Kokoro group that I was a part of, but it was a, it was a 52 hour full immersion experience into like seals, like the buds type experience for how they bring on military here in our country to be a Navy seal. And it was like, uh, you know, we kind of got tortured for 52 hours to be honest with you. And a lot of people quit. And a lot of people didn't make it. And it was like beach, beach work. They had us underwater. They had us laying, laying down and rolling in the sand and up in the mountains late at night and all these things. And one of their big models is, of course, like, you know, ready to lead or ready to follow. 
Um, and so to me as a, as a leader in general, that those two aspects, thinking to youth and being appointed a leader, thinking to the military or, or their perspective of it and thinking about being ready to lead or ready to follow as a true team player. It's a fine balance to me of doing what we're doing now, uh, communication and leading by example. True leadership is a great communicator and leading by example. And what I want to do with me, this is now this is me specifically. So instead of being so general, I want to, I want to always fight to be the best performer, but I want to make you better at the same time. Mm. That's it. I think that's leadership. Like me, me leading from the front, but making everyone else better at the same time, no matter what that looks like. That touches on something really apparent in the whole CrossFit world. Like everyone, even if we dial it down to a box, right? You know, you, you have the coaches, you have the owner, you have the members and um, all the athletes, whatever you want to call them. And um, you get the coaches and they're like, okay, I've, my job is to make these people better. We all know that. Yet a lot of people get their head caught up in the clouds and like, oh, my score has to be number one. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. So you're telling me your, like, your athletic performance pays your bills? They're like, well, no. I'm like, all right. So you helping other people, whether it's GPP, performance, whatever is in front of you, you're helping these people pay your bills, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. That should be your number one. And people always think I've got to perform well or help people. Yet you can do it together. It's hard. It's really hard, but that's where the leadership and doing, you know, the discipline and taking the hard road and carving your own path. That's where that comes in. Right. 100%. And you have to have, you have to be comfortable in your own skin, which again, it's something in our world today, it's, it's very uncommon and it's unfortunate, but that's where like, I, I honestly think that I've got most of my life success as an adult because I'm just kind of who I am. And, and, I, and, and my, my childhood, uh, taught me that I had to be that way. Otherwise I was going to be extremely exhausted. I moved around a ton in case you don't know this about me. I basically, from the time I was in kindergarten through 10th grade. So my 10 first 10 years of school, I never went to the same school two years in a row. I, I, I went between two families, my, my mom's side and my dad's side every year. With that being said, I had to learn how to make friends. I had to learn times I tried to fit in something that, you know, I, I experimented with things because as a young male, I like wanted to know who I was, of course. And what I found was that like, when I'm not myself truly to people, it's exhausting to me and it doesn't help the end result. Right. So at some point I became me unapologetically. And uh, I think my parents helped, helped me foster that. But also it was those experiences of me just kind of almost being alone at some, at some, a lot of times in my life because I was moving so much. Long story short, I believe that from a coach perspective, like those coaches at the box, you know, they, they do understand that they need to help people, but they're so uncomfortable with the fact that like, well, maybe I can't help John if John outperforms me. So he'll might, he might leave, you know, he might leave my box because he wants a coach that's fitter than him. Maybe he'll go try to find Adrian Conway or he'll go right. Like that people have these misconceptions of identity. And the truth is that for me, the list of athletes that I am a one-on-one coach for, I can't wait until they outperform me in every single workout because then I'm really doing my job. Mm -hmm. Now, part of my job as well is to push them, right? So if I were to just be like, I'm packing it in, you know, there's a young guy that I train right now, tremendously talented. I train with him a couple times a week. And my goal is to 
beat him in workouts only to push him because I, I don't need anyone else to know if I win or lose in a workout other than him. Right. And when he beats me, I hope that brings him clarity and confidence, not, not for any reason that has to do with me, but because he knows that I'm, I'm a competitor. I've once been a competitor. He knows how I game workouts. He knows the way that my mind can sometimes work that creates advantages. So when he does be able to squeak in and, and win a workout or when he can consistently start to beat me, it's like, he really understands there's some great significant gains that are taking place. Um, but from a competitive standpoint in the gym every day, the workout's not a workout. And I tell people this all the time. It's the workouts training. <laughs> no one wins awards for winning the workout at any gym, even, even Fikowski and Vellner and Cara Saunders and Matt Frazier. Like they don't, they don't stress about that day in and day out workout. That's why they're great. It's because they understand they're training for a stimulus. They're training for an adaptation that then on game day, they get to show, you know, or that in the open, they get to show. And I think we lose that in fitness in our sport of fitness, because in CrossFit, we get so tied up in the fun and the, the idea of us going back and forth day to day and winning this and winning that we forget we're training for life, which is a very long trajectory type approach. Um, and we get caught up in that, you know, that 330 Fran versus that 220 Fran and that, oh man, I'm going to get you on these unbroken pull-ups tomorrow, whatever it is. So it is a good problem to have, I think. That's why people love CrossFit, yeah. but it's, it's a lot of conversations like that that need to be had. Yeah, for sure. And it, that's what uh, poses more of a question when it comes to the whole competitive side, right? Like if someone just wanted to come in three times a week with a buddy and they just do the same classes and, you know, they back back and forth and be like, yeah, I'm going to go unbroken or whatever. That's a bit of banter. That's that's just funny. You know what I mean? But if it's someone coming in like, no, really stressing, like they can't think about work when they're at work. They just think about, oh, I've got to win this workout or I have to go heavier or whatever. You're like, well, hold on a minute, mate. Like, First of all, you're doing a local competition. Like, that's amazing. But, like, again, your prize money is going to be a fit aid and a protein bar. So calm down. And second of all, like, if it's affecting your life, not improving it, there's a problem. Exactly. And that's that's a great description of it, to be honest, right there. If it's affecting your life, not improving it. Couldn't have said it better myself. And, you know, and that's just something that uh, – Again, unfortunately, from my experience in the space and when I travel, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to spend a great amount of time on CrossFit Level 1 seminar staff where we travel all across the world to teach Level 1s, right? Mm-hmm. You get the vibes of their leadership. And unfortunately, it just seems like maybe not as much now, but certainly in the past, um, it was just those conversations weren't being had at a transparent level. You know, people were almost kind of being led on like, yeah, if you, if you show up more, maybe one day you'll go to the games or if you, you know, you just got to train more. You just got to. And it's like, well, for me as a leader in my community, this was a big deal because I was a games athlete while I was the head coach and manager of a gym. Hmm. And then we won the CrossFit games on a team at an affiliate. Right. But the last thing that I wanted was to foster an environment of competitive individuals in, in regards to overly competitive. Right. I love the, I love the, the banter. I love the trash talk. I love the, Hey, come in the gym and let's throw down because that's necessary. That's why people love CrossFit, but I never wanted people to think that, Hey, our competitors are special and our affiliate members are not right. Because that's not true at all. And in fact, what I would try to do as a competitor is I would 
I would unglamorize it because of how unglamorous it truly is, right? I'd be like, guys, you don't realize this, but my knees hurt all the time. And so does my elbows. And guess what? It takes me 30 minutes to warm up just so I can demo an air squat to you guys during class. Because while I'm fit, it has a compromise. And, and I'll say, you know, that I'm probably one of the most poor that I've ever been in my career because that's all I do is spend my time in the gym and make enough to pay my mortgage and my bills. And that's it, <laughs> you know, like that. So I would share that with them. So they understood like, okay, Adrian and these guys really put in a lot of work and it's to be, it's to be one of the greatest in the world at something that is very small and very, a lot of people try to chase that goal. But what we're doing is to improve the quality of our life. And I always want them to feel that's where our value was as a community was in that. And in fact, one of my proudest moments was that in 2017, we won the CrossFit Games. Truly, there were still people at our gym that didn't know we had a team at the CrossFit Games. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. There would be like some 5.30 a.m. athletes rolling in, being like, hey, there's a big party this weekend here I saw. How come, what are we having a party about? And everyone's like, "Uh, dude, our head coach and our team just won the CrossFit Games. Like, it's a pretty big deal. And I'm like, oh, sweet, you know, and it's not someone new. It's like someone that's been around for like eight or six months or something. It's, so it was funny. Oh, they turn around and go, what's the CrossFit Games? You'd be like, oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But then, but then, of course, I had to get on the coach about, hey, didn't you talk to your classes about the Open Man? What's going on here? Like, we, we were supposed to promote this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just a bit of adult PE. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, we're the best of the world at exactly. PE exactly but truly that's the kind of lightheartedness that i've always had about our sport it really is and that's what i try to communicate to people oh you know what i do you know because i get this when i meet some of my wife's friends for the first time or something like adrian so what do you do tell me about what you do well now i just say i'm i'm in the fitness space that's it and but before i used to say i you know it sounds weird but i i I exercise i competitively exercise (laughs) and that, that was the that was it and of course it led to a lot of questions but that that's the way i defined it yeah. And, and being like that, it also, um, I think it creates a sense of accountability too, because if you have those hard conversations and be like, look, if you legitimately want to go down this road, here's the obstacles you're going to face. It's going to be fucking shit. And this is what you're going to have to deal with. And if they know it from the start, then they can make an informed decision. And if they go down that road, then you can't complain about, you know, oh, my knees hurt. I was like, yes, I told you that. Like, congratulations. Um, or, oh, I don't really have enough time to, I don't know, go party on the weekends. It's like, yeah, because you need to train again. Um, so I think informed decisions exactly. is, is really important. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Have those hard conversations, mate. Right out the gate. Right out the gate. So how did Brute, how did you get into Brute? Oh, yeah, man. So Brute, you know, we started in 2014 and had a ton of momentum. We were offering a new service to a space that hadn't seen anything like it, uh, mainly because what existed before in the programming space was, you know, blogs, free blogs, or a minimal pay type blog, or on the opposite of the spectrum, it was really expensive, professional, very well done one-on-one coaching, but not everyone could afford that. So we came into the space clearly with specialty coaches, of course. We brought on Chris Hinshaw at the time. We brought on Nick Sorrell as a gymnastic specialist. We brought on Matt Bruce as a weightlifting specialist. And then myself, Michael, Michael Kaziu and uh, Nick Fowler, we kind of were the overseers of the strength conditioning aspect of putting everything together and uh, being able to program for CrossFit specifically. So I was involved there because Michael Kaziu, who is the co-founder and, and once was the CEO uh, of Brute, um, which now it's Matt, Matt Bruce has taken over that, that side of things, is uh, – 
you know, Michael was the third male on our team when uh, we won the CrossFit Games in 2012 and 2013 with Duke CrossFit. So we had always been very close friends. And uh, when he came out of college and discovered that he didn't actually want to be in the business of actually owning, you know, uh, a space for a gym facility and going through that, but he wanted to play the online game. Um, brute strength was something that, that he uh, came up with. And, you know, so they brought me on as a head coach when we, when we started this thing all the way back then. Wow. And then how's it, how's it ended up evolving into now? Like I, I, I always see like CrossFit started off as a whole, right. And now I think it's branched off into this beautiful thing where, all right, if you want to get better at weightlifting, you talk to a weightlifter. If you want to get better at power output, you talk to like a XNFL, you can talk to uh, uh, gymnastics to get better at gymnastics. And then, all right, we'll piece it all back together. And there you go. There's your fitness improved. Like how's it, how's it ended up evolving into what it is now? Like, cause it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what we do right again, like we brought everything under one umbrella. Right. Yeah. So we've got all those specialties all together as one. And so, I mean, I would say that throughout the years, of course, it's, it's had its undulations of ups and downs. Um, and the reason, because once they changed the regional structure, like it changed what people were willing to invest in their fitness and at what level they were willing to invest in their fitness. So um, as, as a company, uh, we've been able to keep the, keep the doors open and keep the business moving forward. And, and I would say it's, it's primarily because people see the value in, having specialists work, work with them. Right. So it's being able to have an Olympic weightlifting coach in the same group as myself, or being able to have a gymnastic specialist break down your movement in that same Facebook group, uh, as a coach that's doing our weightlifting. So having all that stuff under one umbrella, I think has been the, the biggest, uh, advantage, um, from an evolution standpoint, I don't know that much has really changed for us. Um, what was difficult though, was the change of structure every single year over the last three or four years. Right. So oh, yeah. as we program for groups, you know, cause we've got a games prep group, we've got a compete group, which is games prep, but just less volume. So less time in the gym. And then we've got the master's group as well. And so it's like to be able to structure the periodization charts and to be able to, uh, basically make the changes that we needed to um we had to, we had to stand on our toes so we had the last three years which made it a little bit difficult but it's yeah for sure all the changes that have been going on like you know i was speaking to um christoph Horvath the other week and he was just like from an athlete perspective you know you don't really know what's going on. You don't know when to um, prepare for and all this stuff. And it just comes back to, Hey, keep yourself pretty physically fit. Keep yourself like strong athletic and whatever, then you can hold it back in. And then from a company's perspective, that's, you know, really difficult. Cause it's like, all right, where do we end up steering the ship? Um, but I think the whole thing is, look, we're still going to be in the spot of fitness. People are still going to need more fitness, more weightlifting, more gymnastics or better honed in than those three. Like, um, you know, it's that three um, three head of the dragon, as uh, Bergeron always t uh, talks about. So it's kind of like, all right, cool. We'll like hone it in a little bit, see where we're going, and then we can sort of branch out again. Exactly. No, it's, it's, you're completely correct. Um, and, it, and it certainly, that was one of the tests that we had this year was to keep everybody, not last this year, but more so last year, was we had to keep everyone in a state and a bit more of a state of GPP, right? Just general physical preparedness. Instead of being able to hone in and focus specifically on peaking the group at a particular time, 
because it was hard because when they released those sanctionals and people could choose where they wanted to go, when they wanted to go there for us as a company, we had top tier athletes that were participating in our group training. So it's like, okay, now as a group, we've got to keep them relatively fit and then offer branch off opportunities. So, you know, when we would make an announcement like, okay, guys, so now if you're competing in the Granite Games next week, you've got to jump on this cycle. So let us email it to you because we want to peak you for the Granite Games. But the rest of you stay on this normal track as, as we get ready for uh, Wadapalooza. Or, or, you know, I'm using those as rough examples. But, yeah, that's, that's something that we had to certainly explore. I think everyone as a whole needs more GPP, you know, like the Soviets would uh, would start all their programs on GPP, like every one of their athletes, whether they're Olympic champions or they've just walked in the gym, you know, they're doing bear crawls, they're running, they're lifting stuff, they're doing Olympic weightlifting a little bit. Um, like it's, I think everyone needs a little bit more of it, you know, so build build your base on the uh, on the rock, not the sand, right? Just build it as wide as possible, as strong as possible, and then you can hone in and your pyramid's going to go even higher than you than you once thought. 100%. I, I completely agree. It's the same. Yeah, in the sport of fitness, man, it, it goes all the same. It's just like when you walk into a, an affiliate that puts a barbell in their client's hands every single day, you're like, hold on now. You're not you're not training them for crosser. This is different. You're, you're you're training them to be an Olympic weightlifting specialist or something like. They they don't need a barbell every day. The purpose of CrossFit is GPP, constantly varied functional movements executed to high intensity. You, that doesn't make you need a barbell every day. But people are drawn to that. So sometimes they like to make it redundant. So I I, I love exactly what you just said. I mean, work is work, right? It doesn't matter what it is. Like work is work, and it all it all goes into the bigger picture. It's all just shoveling dirt. Like some days you come in with a bulldozer, some days you scrape with your bare hands, and some days you get a uh, dessert spoon. But it's all it's all work. You're all just p- picking dirt up from one and putting it onto another pile. Yep, yep, for the most part. And, and your goal is you got to keep making it different so that, you know, on your knees doesn't just keep getting more painful and painful. And when you hand, hand them the shovel, it's not too much shovel because, of course, then they got an elbow issue and, they want to play with their grandkids. So you yeah. got to protect them from that elbow issue. You know what I mean? Like it's, so yeah, it's, it's, it's continuing to do that work with, with an understanding of the stimulus and the physiology. hundred percent, hundred percent. And then um, I know you are, you're going to need a, you pop off pretty soon. You are an extremely busy man, but what about FNX? How did that, how did that start? Yeah, man. So FNX, I've been, I've been taking supplements since I was about 15 years old as well. It's, it's I've been, you know, taking, creatine or protein into my body from the time I started training in the gym and understanding how important supplements were. Uh, and, and to be honest with you through the time of my CrossFit pursuit, uh, I had a relationship with a supplement brand here or there, uh, in regards to sponsorship. And then there was a time where I wasn't really being supported that way. So I was kind of doing my own thing and Amazon was getting more popular. So I'd just go order some creatine unmarked and some flavorless whey protein and you know, put a little beta alanine with the creatine, be making my own, you know, pre-workout concoction there. And so with that being said, I, I've always had a curiosity in the supplement space. Um, I met my partner, Skylar Farns in 2016. He's now, he's our CEO. Um, and, you know, he had a great business savvy and understanding for a brand that he wanted to start. And I myself was basically a sounding board for him at first. And that was it. You know, I had some ideas on some supplements that I thought could bring value to the fitness space in general, CrossFitters specifically. Um, and then also uh, a lot of connections, ways to market the brand, ways to grow it, ways to use social media, um, things that I had seen other people not doing that I thought like, Hey, this is a no brainer. It's low cost. I think, 
it's scalable if you do it right. Like, you know, we had some conversations that way. Mm-hmm. And after those conversations, that's when he actually approached me and was like, Hey man, I got to get you in on this. Would you be my partner? I'd love to, I'd love to co-found this company together. And so long story short, man, we decided to make it happen. We launched it in 2017 and the birth of FNX was right at the a perfect time. It was the time that we won the games. We launched our line and website went live in August, 2017. So it was the year the Wasatch Brutes uh, won and it created some great momentum for us in regards to recognition. Um, and, and we've been moving along ever since, man. Good, steady growth every single year. Um, I'm thinking I really see that it's going to be exponential growth this year here in 2021. Um, we've got some amazing things that are rocking and rolling. But essentially, we're a supplement brand that wants to fuel people with clean products that have ingredients that really suit the lifestyle of most fitness, um, you know, I guess, uh, fitness aficionados, I guess I would describe them because our brand, while we started in the CrossFit space, and that's where a lot of my reach came from early, um, we're so much bigger than CrossFit. You know, we've got a great following in the endurance community. Um, we do wonderfully in like the global gym space where people are predominantly seeking like physique gains and, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of like lean body mass gains for weight gain or weight loss, of course. Um, so we've, we've grown tremendously over the years. Our community is awesome. We have a team of ambassadors who represent us here within the United States that, uh, that crush it for us and are kind of like our sounding board to social media about how our products work and what they do for them. And it's been, it's been an amazing ride so far, man. I learned something every single day, but it's, it's been awesome. That's the goal, right? Keep learning, keep growing. Um, I think it's an absolutely wicked company. I had, um, had the pleasure of trying the greens powder, maybe 2018, I think it was a good, good few years ago, maybe 2019. I th- I think it's the best greens powder I ever had. I had it in the UK. Um, it was just a bit of a bitch at the time to get it over from from you lot, right. lot in the states. But yeah, I think it's absolutely awesome. And, and and what you guys put out looks like more of the health base, which is which was something that wasn't touched on in the in the whole supplement supplement industry. It was more like, hey, if you want to get absolutely huge, take this. If you want to, um, you know, be Matt Fraser, take this. And it's just like, oh, Jesus, that's not how it works, but okay. Um, and it's just like, look, this is going to supplement your your lifestyle. This is going to help you stay a little bit healthier than, than you are at the moment. If you want to do it, go for it. If not, don't worry about it. Have a good time. And uh, I think that's what was uh, missing in the whole supplement line. It was more, it was more pushy, pushy um, rather than, Hey, if you want to go down this route and be a little bit healthier, go for it. And that's, uh, it was, it was refreshing to see. And I like the product it tasted oh, absolutely I, mega. I love it. I love it, brother. And I, and I appreciate you saying it that way, to be honest with you, because that's exactly where we wanted to come in is add value, but be very real. You know, supplements are to supplement, you know, your, your hard work you're putting into the gym and, and hopefully a diet of, of whole foods, you know? So that's, that's nothing that we hide behind is like, while supplements can really, 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 uh, top off a great regime. We want to support your regime. We want to make sure that you're developing discipline. You got the, the appropriate mindset and motivation so that you get in the gym consistently. We try to help people develop habits. Dude, we just finished something called Rise 45, which was a 45 day challenge that we had. Um, I got on my Rise shirt right now. Uh, and and it, was, it was essentially, we tracked five things. We tracked our, our nutrition, our sleep, our supplementation, our hydration, and then some mindset development work every single day in our training. So six things, I guess. And, and the goal was every day you amassed points by following those six things. And they can be different. Your training could be different than mine, 
but you still got your points, right? Because you're training for your specific goals, your nutrition. Maybe I'm, maybe I was keto and maybe you were macros and maybe someone else was the zone diet. And all those things could be individual as well. And so we did this 45 day challenge. If you guys follow me on Instagram, Adrian Conway underscore, I got my own little transformation photos. And my goal was never really to like get yoked or lose weight or anything like that. It was just to develop these habits. And throughout the course, I lost like nine pounds, which is great because that'll help me in the open, I'm sure. Um, But I just feel really good. And the goal was, you know, we basically had like 300, almost 350 people sign up. This is the first time we ever did it. And we had no idea it would be as big as it was uh, in regards to the fact that like this Facebook group that we created, man, people are like posting photos and talking about the changes they've made in their lives. And it's like life-changing type stuff. And so that's really, I think we're starting to really, really, really find our ability to connect with our consumers and ambassadors that way. And that's what brings me the most joy. So um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see that, uh, w- that our brand is much more than just a powder in a, in a bottle. Um, because we've always wanted to be more than that. That's beautiful, man, because you and I both know that fitness goes beyond the gym and goes beyond the barbell or the sandbag or whatever the fuck you're doing. And like you just you just posted there where it's like, hey, these five or six things, like what, one of them was training, everything else was those habits that you're creating to be a better version of yourself or, or create better habits to then help your family or your job or your loved ones or whatever. And that that's what it's all about, like giving doing fitness or doing something healthy or or active or whatever to then gain something in your life rather than it be a hindrance. Um, like we said, um, about 20 minutes ago, which yeah, it's, it's really refreshing to be able to see that come from a company at the top rather than just be like, Hey, um, this is going to shred fat off your bloody ass or something. You're like, Oh, here we go. You know, skinny tees. That's it, man. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, we don't got no skinny tees yet, man. Nothing like that. <laughs> I mean, 2022, it's coming. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, you know, I, I if we could design one that I trusted and personally believed in, then maybe. Um, I don't I don't like to definitely, you know, knock anything off the potential. Um, if you guys follow me on social media too, I went on a rant about a belt not long ago. Oh, um, hey, we but go. it doesn't mean yeah. but that doesn't mean we'll never sell belts. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like uh, that, that might be my personal opinion with, uh, hey, if you walk into the, the gym every day and every day there's squats and you're deadlifting 135 with a belt on, uh, then we need to have a serious conversation about why you got that belt on. Um, that doesn't mean that I won't coach you if you don't wear if you wear if you like to wear belts. I just want to have a conversation around it. Hmm. And so that doesn't mean my won't come out with our own unique design of a belt but it's a conversation that we need to be having. So yeah, it's hundred percent. Everything's everything starts with a conversation. Everything starts with that education. And then you can have the accountability at the end of it and go, Oh, okay, cool. X, Y, or Z happened, but I was informed. So I've, you know, I've got to eat that humble pie, you know, rather than just be like, Oh no, Adrian didn't tell me. It's like, Oh, like you can't be there holding your hand all, all day, every day, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mate. That's so true. And I, I I love it that you're showing up from the top rather than it's just, you know, someone in the gym being like, Hey, this is what I think. And it's like, Oh no, but Adrian on Instagram said something different. You're like, Jesus. I was like, no, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate you, you you saying it from the top as well. So thank you very much for that. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. And I, I'll tell everybody all the same. It's like, listen, nothing, nothing, you know, I, I don't live in a world of absolutes. Right. Meaning that like, I, I, Look, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty spiritual guy. 
and and the, and the Bible speaks a lot in absolutes. I'll, I'll let that be to the Bible because I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not Jesus and I'm not a creator of anyone. So I, I don't do that. Um, but I will say things that I'm confident in and believe in personally, but then, Hey, in three years from now, if I come back to everybody and I'm like, you know what, guys, I learned my lesson. You should wear a belt in every single workout all the time. We should be wearing belts. I'm not too prideful or humble to admit that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So when you as coaches or whatever, understand that their information that they, they're presented to is also always changing because I want to be a learner and I want to communicate what I really believe is right and correct and not just like what I feel, you know, um, or what I personally believe in. I want I want to actually have some data or information behind it. So hopefully you guys are being able to decipher that kind of information that social media sometimes just runs crazy with all the time. Yeah, 100%. And you, you don't know what you don't know, right? And you can be in, as informed as you want, but sometimes there's things that you you just haven't learned yet and you have to go back and say, actually, guys, like, um, you know, this thing I've been teaching you the same way for five years, like, oh, I've on the weekend I saw a piece of information that, and now I can teach you a better way or we're going to try this. Um, and I think people respect that, mate, like continued development as a person, as a coach, as a leader, all these different things. Like it, it's the way forward, mate, like eating that humble pie every day and uh, continue developing yourself. That's it. That's it, brother. I, pre- I completely agree. appreciate that perspective. Thank you very much for your time, brother. I know you got absolutely crap ton of things to do so i'm not going to take up any more of it um i really appreciate your time and uh if people wanted to find you where would you send them yeah i'd send them to igs you know i'm easy to get a hold of there i i I engage people all the time adrian conway underscore is my um username uh you can try to friend me on facebook i don't do much on like an athlete page or anything like that right now i need to step that up a little bit uh, but you can try to friend me there. I think I don't. I don't think I'm full of friends yet. So Adrian Conway on Facebook is good too. Um, and then fnxfit.com is where you can find all of our products, um, and, and browse them and, and scour the site and see what we're all about. Yeah, I would definitely get on that greens powder. That was that's next level. I love the greens powder, mate. I love it from uh, from any company, but it's the one that I I was able to drink and not gag. I love it, and I appreciate that, dude. We've heard that a lot. We, we it, ours tastes amazing. I mean, clearly I'm biased, so I'm glad you're here to support my opinion there with that. Um, oh. And everybody needs the green, so it, it oh, goes yeah. well with any and every fitness goal that you could ever think of. Even even grandma and great grandma and great grandpa need it. So, oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And people know, like, if it was shit, I would have told you. So um, it's not. It's absolutely spot on, mate. I love that. All right, spot on. Have a have a banging day, mate. And I thank you very much again. You too, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Peace.